Well, amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's times in worship that I like to just be quiet and listen to the collection of our voices worshiping God, and it is awesome. It is awesome. So thank you for coming to church, not just to observe, not just to watch, but to actually participate. And I am so thankful that Jesus is a firm foundation that we can stand on. Amen? I was on a ladder on Friday that's way above my comfort zone in heights. There was faces that were plastered up on the wall there that needed to come down. And uh, in my pride... There was all kinds of younger men there said, oh, would you like us to go up, Pastor Calvin? I said, no, i got to come overcome my fears. And so let me tell you, though, that is not a firm foundation, that ladder that goes that high. And I would not let go of the lip while I tried to reach that top pin. But thankfully, my knees were not shaking. But as I thought this morning, I said, thank you, God, that the experience I had on Friday on a ladder is not what I experience with you every day, Jesus. You are a firm foundation. Well, is it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. It's a beautiful day. And I'm going to pray for us because someone asked me before the service, so what's, what's your burden, what's your passion that you want us to leave with today? See, when we have the privilege of getting to share God's word, I've been through the journey of what I'm going to share with you this morning all week. I've been convicted by the Lord. I've had to confess my sins. And yet I have been encouraged by what he has taught me and I trust through his power I'll communicate it well to you this morning so that you can experience the joy that comes from believing and trusting in his word. And I guess my burden this morning, we sang it, is that your eyes, my eyes, would be opened in wonder. That's what I'm praying for this morning, that you will leave this morning encouraged your eyes will be open to how awesome and how amazing our Savior is, and you will have the courage to leave, ready to face whatever might come this week, knowing that we stand on a firm foundation. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather to worship you. Lord, thank you for the line in that song. That truly is what I'm asking you would do in our lives today. Lord, if we have sleepy eyes towards how awesome and how amazing the wonder of who you are, Jesus. I ask that you would open our eyes today. Open our eyes in wonder to how amazing you are, I pray, so that it will affect how we live the rest of this day and going forward in the week. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue to look into Mark's account of the beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we will arrive at a section of his gospel this morning, beginning in chapter 4, verse 35. And this is a section where Mark records the details surrounding four specific events, in which all the individuals involved in these four different events find themselves in a desperate situation and an urgent need of help. And I know having journeyed with you now as one of your pastors, that if we had time this morning, many of you could share with the congregation of your personal experiences that maybe you've had in the past, or maybe that you are currently facing, that have left you and have left me feeling afraid and desperately longing for help. 
I remember a few years back receiving a phone call from a friend of mine who was overseas doing missions work. And on one of his weekends off when he had a break, he decided that he wanted to go on a scuba diving expedition. He loved to scuba dive. And while he was on vacation, I received a phone call from him, and I knew as soon as I picked up the phone that this might not be good news. And he went on to let me know that while he was overseas scuba diving, he had been jumped by a group of thugs, robbed him, beat him, and literally left him for dead. And he recalls that when he regained consciousness, he found himself lying in a ditch, and his body was covered in tropical fire ants. If you have any experience about fire ants, that is painful. And if that pain was not enough, he quickly came to realize he could not even brush them off because his arms and his legs would not move. He would later find out that he had suffered severe damage to his vertebrae and his spinal cord. And he recalls lying there and he said, Calvin, honestly, there was nothing I could do but in desperation call out to God and ask him to be merciful to me and please send someone to find me. And then he waited. And later that day, God was gracious. And a couple was walking along the beach and happened to see him lying there. And that day began his long journey back home to Canada and his long journey to recovery. You see, you and I know that our circumstances in life can change so suddenly from calm to chaotic. And while Mark was writing this gospel, he had in mind the Gentile believers living in Rome who found themselves in the middle of a stressful situation because they were facing increasing persecution from their Roman rulers who had grown suspicious of them as believers and saw them as a potentially disruptive group within their culture. Their association with Jews and their seemingly hostile attitude towards Roman culture made them an easy target for gossip and for hostility. And as it increased, it left these believers living in Rome feeling isolated and vulnerable. And at the same time, they were having to cope with the death of those amongst themselves who had been witnesses to Jesus' ministry. And the loss of these credible witnesses created a sense of urgency amongst themselves of a minority group to conserve and to stabilize the traditions that they had heard and come to believe about Jesus. I can't speak to your experiences, but what I have found in my own journey is that when I find myself in the middle of a situation that has me feeling anxious and afraid, there is one thing in those moments that always seems to help calm my emotions and slow my racing thoughts down, and that is receiving good news. Receiving some good news. And so turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And there we will discover the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that Mark wanted the brothers and sisters living in Rome to be strengthened by in the midst of their stressful and trying times. And this good news can also help us today 
on our journey. So turn with me, Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, a very familiar passage of Scripture. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord to us this morning. If you were to ask my family, they would probably agree that I should be labeled a news junkie. I regularly hear these questions in my house. Did you not just watch that story an hour ago, Dad? Then why do you need to watch it again? Then there are those times when I become even more captivated when I hear that distinct audio that interrupts regular programming to announce some breaking news. If you're one who watches news, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can be in the kitchen, but if I hear that audio that's going to announce breaking news, I leave what I'm doing because I'm captivated by what is the breaking news that is going on. Well, I believe God, through Mark's writing, wanted to interrupt the stressful times his children were going through with some breaking good news. How many of you here this morning need to hear some good news? You might be going through some stressful times, some trying times. Well, God has something for you this morning. He has good news for you. So let's look at the first good news flash that I see in this account. And it is this. It is found in verse 35 and 36. Jesus leads his disciples. Jesus leads his disciples. This is something we have heard. We hear it over and over. We know this to be true. But here's the problem. And whenever I share with you, I'm speaking to you from my own experience as well. I think too often we overlook and neglect to remember the significance of this amazing truth. In the midst of stressful times, Jesus is leading you. Jesus leads his disciples on that day, verse 35 says, when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. What was that day? Well, we heard about it last week. That day was the day where Jesus was teaching again on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. And the scriptures say that a crowd had gathered around him. So large was the crowd that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake while he taught the crowd that had gathered on the shore. That would have been an awesome preaching gig in a boat. I can envision myself in a lovely big bass boat somewhere preaching this morning. Wouldn't that just be awesome? Here Jesus was in a boat on the lake preaching to the crowd that had gathered on the shore. And he spent the whole day teaching the crowd many things in parables, as we learned last week. And even after the crowd had dispersed, his responsibility was not finished because he continued to teach his disciples and others who wanted to hear what the parables meant. So after a long day, 
You can understand why the scripture says when evening came, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. Have you ever felt that you just want to get away? You love people, but I just need to get away. You see, on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, there was not as many towns like there were on the west side. Therefore, there was fewer people. And after ministering all day, perhaps he and his disciples could just get a little rest and a break from the crowds of people. And as I studied this passage this week and thought about my own experience as, as a young man growing up in the church, we often recall this familiar event, but we tend to zero in on the details in the middle of the story, and for good reason. I mean, there was this raging storm that literally put the lives of the disciples and the others who had traveled with them at risk. And then there's this incredible demonstration of Jesus' power and authority over nature. But I don't want us to miss the comfort and the strength that comes from what happened at the beginning of this account. And that is, we learned it is Jesus that was leading them that day. See, it was Jesus who initiated and directed the plan that evening to cross from the west side to the east side of the Sea of Galilee, knowing full well what his disciples were going to encounter on their way. Did you hear that? It was Jesus who initiated the plan and directed the disciples to leave the west side of the Sea of Galilee to head to the east side knowing full well when he initiated that plan what they were going to encounter on their way. You see, through hearing this account of Jesus as Mark wrote it and his disciples, Mark wanted the believers in Rome to understand and to take comfort in the fact that just as Jesus was leading his disciples that day on the water, he is not only fully aware of their situation and circumstance, but is in fact also leading them through their circumstance by the Holy Spirit. Jesus leads his disciples. Knowing that he leads his disciples cannot be overlooked. We cannot miss this to simply get to the middle of the story. This is good news. This is the good news that should capture our attention. And we must allow the significance of this truth to sink deep into our hearts so that we might be strengthened in the midst of stressful times that make no sense. And I know in a congregation and an audience like this this morning, all of us have experienced times in our life that just don't make sense. He is leading you. He is leading us. This is the nature of our God. Do you recall back in Exodus chapter 13, you remember when he was freeing his people from Egypt and how he led his people through another stressful crossing of water. And then he continued to lead them even on the other side with a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. Do you recall the words of Moses to Joshua as he was about to be led by God into some stressful times? Did you hear that? As he was about to be led by God in some stressful times, this is what Moses said to Joshua. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Jesus leads his disciples. 
Understanding that, listen closely as I read Psalms 23. Look how much our shepherd does for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This past week, my father celebrated his 80th birthday. And I was sharing with the kids at VBS on Friday. 50 plus of those years was in full-time ministry as a missionary and as a pastor. He experienced living through and leading his family through 14 years of civil war, drought, sickness, malaria, yellow fever. He experienced having no funding to build churches or Bible schools. And in the midst of so many what we would see as trying times, I can give testimony that in front of us, he never became unraveled. And I can hear his voice loud and clear as he would speak to Bible school students and as he would speak to churches. He never became unraveled because he knew in the depths of his heart in the middle of the Civil War, battling malaria and yellow fever, that Jesus was leading him. Jesus was leading him. Oh, people would have said he was unwise. My dad didn't do things that were foolish. He simply did things that he knew Jesus was leading him to do. Brothers and sisters, we can take comfort and be spiritually strengthened in the midst of our stressful times to know that today, He continues to lead his disciples through the Holy Spirit who resides in us as well as the gift of his revealed word of God. So what response is he looking for from us to his leading? He is looking for us to follow him in total trust and total obedience. And I know and I can say with you that is not easy. That is not easy. But that is what he is asking of us in terms of his leading. Look at verse 36. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. The 12, along with the other followers, submitted to his leading and launched out for the other side. In the midst of your stressful times, don't overlook the fact wanting to rush to his power and miss out on the fact that he is leading you. The second good news flash that I see in this account about Jesus is that he cares for his disciples. He cares for his disciples. See, the Sea of Galilee sits 650 feet below sea level and is surrounded by hills on all sides except in the southern area where the Jordan River exits. 
And so with certain patterns of wind, air can funnel up and get trapped in this natural bowl, creating quick and violent storms. And though some of those who took Jesus across the lake that night were experienced fishermen and were mariners who no doubt had faced stormy weather on the water before, judging by the response that we read, it would appear that this storm was stronger than anything they had experienced before. And all of a sudden, like my friend, they found themselves in a very chaotic and desperate situation. Some of you may recall if you watched the news in March, seeing the footage of a cruise ship that was caught in a violent storm. Does anyone remember that? I won't name the cruise line because I don't want you to not book tickets if you're going on a cruise. But this cruise ship got got caught in such a violent storm. And as I watched the footage, you could see the chairs and the dishes and other furnitures sliding back and forth across the floors of the big areas. It was crazy. Because cruise ships are huge, but the power of nature made it just look like a little dinky toy. (laughs) Chairs going back, all of a sudden coming back. Furniture going, dishes falling, and then tiles from the ceiling falling on terrified passengers. And so similarly, while all the chaos was breaking out around the disciples that evening on the water, the scriptures record for us, Jesus was asleep in the stern. Sleeping on a cushion. Wow. Open my eyes and wonder? What are you talking about? He fell asleep in the midst of the storm. And I looked into that word cushion. This is not the same kind of cushion that your wife and my wife go to Ikea and HomeSense to buy. In fact, more than likely, it was actually a sandbag. Sandbags were commonly placed in the lowest parts of these kinds of boats to improve their stability in rough waters. And Jesus was asleep. You see, like the disciples, there will be times in our lives when it appears that Jesus is indifferent to our situation and appears to have no concern for what we are going through. I mean, he hasn't even woken up from the chaos and the intensity of the storm and the waves pounding the boat that the Scripture says that began to swamp the boat. And when he seems silent, that is why we need each other, because we need to help each other be on guard. Because when Jesus seems silent and indifferent to what it is you are going through, fear can begin to creep in. That leads to despair that God really doesn't care. This is where the disciples were at. So in a panic, they wake Jesus up and ask the questions that perhaps many of us, if we're honest enough to say it, have asked in the midst of stressful times. Don't you care? Don't you care? And specifically to their experience, teacher, don't you care if we drown? What is interesting and what caught my attention is these are the same people that had seen with their own eyes that, yes, Jesus cares. They had witnessed him free individuals from the control of evil spirits. They had seen him heal many who were ill with various diseases. Yet his apparent lack of concern in the midst of their storm in that moment caused them to question what they had witnessed 
and what they knew to be true of this man called Jesus. I think they knew he cared. But what they really wanted in their desperate situation is what we always want in our desperate situation. They wanted some assurance. They wanted assurance. You do care that we are perishing, don't you? And the answer that they were expecting from him was yes. But Jesus didn't answer them. I'm sure there's many times you and I have been in those situations in life where we have called out to God and it's silent. Sometimes in the silence, open your eyes and watch what starts to happen around you. He didn't answer them directly. Instead, he rebukes the source of their fear and anxiety. Verse 39, he got up rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, be quiet, be still. Literally, be silent, be muzzled. And when he gave this order, did you notice in the scriptures, the natural elements of this storm ceased immediately. A storm of this magnitude, of this size, would have gradually subsided but not when Jesus speaks immediately. In his sleep, the disciples caught a glimpse of his humanity. But in his response to their anxious plea, they saw his divinity even though they did not fully yet understand it. He was able to transform a great storm into a great calm by the power of his word something only the God who created the sea can do. You might be going through a storm right now. Brothers and sisters, I have good news for you. He can take your great storm and make it calm. Did Jesus assure his disciples that night? Absolutely he did. He assured them of his care in the midst of the storm by two things. His very presence with them, which we often overlook in our own journey, and by his power to act on their behalf. He assured them using two things, his presence and his power. I find it ironic that Jesus was asleep on what was intended to provide stability to the boat. It's kind of like a far side cartoon if you really think about it. And yet it was his very presence with them that ultimately proved to be the anchor that stabilized their boat and enabled them to endure the storm. And brothers and sisters, this Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us is still present with us today through his Holy Spirit and has said that he goes before us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. As I was studying, I was listening to the Brooklyn Tab Choir this week and they have a song and the chorus of that song says, his presence is like heaven to me. His presence is like heaven to me. We need to treasure this reality that he leads us, he cares for us, and he is with us. And his power, wow, he alone has the power over the forces of chaos, and he alone is able to rescue us from whatever storms arise in our lives, including persecution for the Gentile believers living in Rome. But in verse 41, 
it is revealed that the disciples at this point in their journey following Jesus, they do not fully understand who was in the boat with them that evening. But had they understood that they were at sea with the one who has such power that they just witnessed, they would probably confess that all their fears were groundless. But here we are today, on the other side. We are blessed to fully understand who he is. He is Jesus, the Son of God, God himself come in human flesh, the promised Messiah, the promised deliverer, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Yet, I find myself in the middle of stressful times, just like the disciples, wondering, does he really care? And in my weakness, I begin to doubt what I know is true about him. He leads me. He cares for me. That is why we need to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Because we need to gather together through worship, through conversation, through relationship. Encourage and strengthen one another with these truths. The one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth cares for you personally and is present with you in your trial. And through the Holy Spirit, he alone has the power to transform your situation from chaos to calm. The wind died down and it was calm. Jesus is leading you. Jesus cares for you. And lastly, the third good news flash, Jesus grows his disciples. You see, there are two bookend truths to the middle storm of the story that provides such great strength for us in the middle of stressful times in addition to his amazing presence and his awesome power. And I don't want us to overlook those. We looked at the first one earlier in our first point that Jesus leads his disciples. And we find the second one at the end of this event. Jesus grows his disciples. You see, what Jesus led his disciples to experience that day on the water was intended to help them to realize their utter dependence on him. He wanted his disciples to learn that he is their refuge. He is their strength. He is the ever-present help in trouble, their comforter who is able to still the roar of even the sea. So consequently, why should you fear? You see, church family, our faith Trust, total trust, and dependence in who he is, God with us, and what he has the power to do, must continue to grow. Must continue to grow. He wanted to shift their eyes off of the temporary elements of the storm onto himself, their true anchor in the storm. And did you notice when he captured their attention? And this is what will happen in the middle of stressful times if we entrust ourselves to a leading and caring, powerful Savior. He will capture your attention. And when he captures your attention, their fear turned from fear to awe and reverence for who he is and the power that he possessed. Who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Their eyes were opened in wonder. 
Why are you so afraid? Do you still have faith? Did you notice that Mark's account didn't end when the storm was calm? Jesus was not done his work. He wanted his disciples to grow spiritually. And just as he rebuked the wind and the waves, he turns to his disciples and he rebukes them by saying, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still not fully believe and trust in the divine power that you have witnessed demonstrated through my life? He led them into the storm that day to move them from doubt and fear to amazement and trust. Stressful times will have the potential to paralyze us with fear. But if we continue to grow in our understanding of who he is, recognize his presence in us, entrust ourselves to his powerful and personal care as he leads us, listen closely. He may not always provide the miracle we want. But what he will do, if we allow him, he will lift our eyes from the chaos of our situation Unto himself, who is seated, enthroned in heaven, at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you in the midst of your storm. The one who rules over all things wants us to grow in our faith so we can experience the same assurance in the times of stressful moments that Paul experienced, who also endured storms at seas. In fact, at least four shipwrecks faced persecution, deadly peril. He knew what it was like to feel unbearably crushed, despairing of life itself. Yet through the presence and power of Christ living in Paul, through the Holy Spirit, he was able to confess, listen closely, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Be assured Jesus cares for his disciples. In a few moments, we are going to remind each other and celebrate together that Jesus has the power to not only save us from the trials of this mortal life, but praise God, he came for even a greater purpose, and that was to rescue us and to save us from ultimate destruction. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, by faith you have received him as your personal Savior and Lord, and you have turned from yourself and your sinful ways to follow him in obedience, then listen closely. It's not easy, but we have to teach each other to trust these truths. As he leads you through whatever you are going through, remember that he has already provided for you the greatest miracle that you ever need. He has taken us from death to eternal life. We have been saved and we will be saved. And confidence in that truth will give us strength to face each storm and courage, trusting and obeying his leading. Therefore, because he leads, because he cares, because he wants us to grow, we have no reason to fear anything from nature or the supernatural, from life or from death. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? 
It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, brothers and sisters, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, listen closely in the middle of your storm, will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus floats my boat. Who floats your boat? I trust it's Jesus. Because he leads us. He cares for us with his presence and by his power. And even when things seem so dark, he's growing you to totally trust him and obey him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news that through your Holy Spirit, you caused Mark to write that day. That he recorded this event not just for our brothers and sisters who were living in Rome, facing persecution, but he wrote it so that today, right here in this congregation, as we journey through times that make no sense, it would bring great comfort to us to know who you are, Jesus, what you're able to do, and how you relate to us as your disciples. Thank you for this good news. Help us to let it sink into our hearts. Help us to remind each other graciously and respectfully as we journey through trying times together of these truths. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, that is good news. And the reason that is good news is because our Savior, Jesus, said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now that you have celebrated the emblem of the blood of Jesus Christ and your hands are free, if this is good news and we are thankful, can we give our Savior an incredible clap offering this morning? You might be here this morning and you long what you see in people around you. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. We would love to introduce you to the person that we know leads us, cares for us with his presence and by his power. And he is growing us. We're not perfect, but he is growing us. We would love for you to come and talk to us afterwards. We'll be here. We will wait for you. If you're a believer and you're going through a trying time and you just need someone to pray with you, that the truths you've heard this morning will settle in your hearts this week. Trust me, I know this is an area I struggle with. 
then we'd love to pray with you. There's deacons here, pastors will be here. We need each other to remind each other and to pray for each other because we have good news. May God help us this week to remember and to have our eyes opened in wonder afresh of who Jesus is and what he has the power to do. Be encouraged. Jesus is with you. He is leading you. He is caring for you. And he is growing you. God, help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, to do as the disciples did. They submitted to your leadership, and they followed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.